This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast, the podcast that's inspirational, informational, and transparent. Today, we have a special guest to discuss flight attendant careers. Dan Freeman has been a flight attendant for six years and flies out of Las Vegas. Dan has been on the previous episodes to discuss accelerated flight training because he's looking to move into the pilot seat. Today, Dan is going to discuss how and why you should become a flight attendant. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast, Dan. It's great having you back on. Oh, thanks, Carl. I'm really excited about this topic. I, I love my job as a flight attendant, and I can't wait to share it with everyone else. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about this for so long, having you come on here and talk a little bit about this. And I think this is really important. Uh, we've had some people talk in the past about being a flight attendant, both corporate and also with airline careers. And uh, if if you get a chance, by the way, under our picks of the week, uh, we're going to have some links to the actual other podcast where we talk about being a flight attendant, primarily a corporate flight attendant. Uh, but before we get started, a couple of announcements. If you're looking to find out where we are and what we're doing, uh, we're still sharing that on, on facebook.com slash aviation careers podcast. You can also look on my personal Facebook page. There's a lot of different events that I'm attending, and I would love to meet you there at those events. We actually, we were going to have our own events and have like our own meetups. We haven't been doing that as much because I've been so busy out there. So what I've been doing is kind of a eh, a pseudo meetup while I'm at these different events. Um, I actually will be going to quite a few through Sun and Fun Radio and also quite a few for uh, Stuck Mike Avcast and, uh, and of course here for Aviation Careers Podcast. I love to meet you. Love to meet everybody here. And of course, if you're in the Lakeland area, you want to stop by and say hi, make sure you email me. Let me know if you're coming into town because I'm actually flying and I'm back on reserve. So I am in the Lakeland area. Uh, If you know where Lakeland Airport is, just let me know. I'll pop by. I live right next to the airport and we can hang out uh, either over at the college at Polk State College or on the north side of the field. Uh, There's a really cool restaurant and uh, some neat things hanging in the lobby out there. We can kind of meet up there and talk. Of course, Sheltair is another great place if you're flying in and want to meet me. Uh, I'll meet you over at Sheltair. Those people are very friendly and uh, we can just walk over to uh, get a bite to eat. So uh, anyway, well, gosh, this is uh, this episode is really exciting. I've I've always wanted to have someone come on and talk about, uh, you know, careers as a flight attendant, somebody who's uh, been in the career and uh, has really enjoyed it. And there's so many people out there that are doing this exciting job of being able to fly around the world, the country, and uh, also on their days off, travel using their free travel benefits. Uh, It's really neat because you get to experience so many really diverse people, places, and you get to see some wonderful things, kind of like we do in the cockpit, but you actually see more because you're back there with the people interacting. But anyway, to talk a little bit about being a flight attendant here, Dan Freeman's going to talk about, uh, you know, getting hired. We're going to talk about training in this episode, and we're also going to talk about job duties. In other words, uh, what does a flight attendant actually do? Uh, So those are the three things we're going to talk about now, but before we get started on all those topics, you know, I, I really, Dan, I, one of the things that I've always asked people is, do they really like their job? So Dan, do you like being a flight attendant? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's hard to hide that. You know, it's just, it, it really is a good time. And um, 
you we talk about the benefits of being a flight attendant. You mentioned the ability to travel um, and that kind of stuff. But I think the best thing about being a flight attendant and working in the airline industry just in and of itself is meeting people. There are some just amazing people out there. And this gives you an opportunity to meet some pretty fascinating people. So that actually is my favorite aspect of the job. But there are definitely so many other things that are just amazing. Well, awesome. I really, as we talk, I'm sure we're going to mention some of those things. But let's get into the meat and potatoes of this, because I tell you, we've been getting a lot of emails from people. We do all sorts of aviation careers, obviously because of the fact there's so many pilot jobs. That's all we've been talking about is pilot jobs. But uh, there are many more flight attendants than there are pilots. Uh, another thing I want to mention about being a flight attendant, it is in, it is fairly competitive. I, I know we talk about a shortage of, of just people in general for jobs and a shortage of labor, but when you're putting out their flight attendant jobs, a lot of times it can be one in a thousand get hired. Uh, I know that at the airline I work for, and I was wondering, Dan, I don't know if you know what the stats are at your airline, but it's it's pretty competitive, isn't it? It's absolutely competitive, and we'll get into that specifically um, oh, when we talk about here in a second. But uh, I, I don't have numbers. They don't really um, release that. I know when I got hired, uh, just to throw this number out there, uh, it was back in 2011. Um, my company hadn't hired in a long time, so we got to throw that caveat out there. But they showed us that we were – gosh, it was – out of like a hundred thousand people, <laughs> that we were one of a hundred thousand people, or something like that. It was just outrageous number right. of how many people applied versus how many they hired. It's it is very competitive. With, with one caveat, I'm glad you brought that up. There's a lot of times they don't hire at all, and also some of those numbers are, are skewed a little bit because people actually put in their applications and they 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 just don't qualify at all. Uh, even on the pilot side, sometimes you'll see 50% of your applicants really don't qualify at all. So sometimes you can chop half off. I'm not so sure on the on the flight attendant side. Yeah, I'm, uh, there's not that many qualifications uh, to be a flight attendant, but um, the the company I work for is very competitive. Um, there's a difference between regional, major, major and legacy, and, um, and corporate. So... Um, but if you're if you're trying to get your your feet in the door at a major or legacy carrier, it's it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Okay. Well. Cool. Uh, anyway, let's let's get started here. So, Dan, first of all, um, we're going to go through some of the topics Dan has chosen and uh, some really good stuff, by the way. Uh, and I know a lot of people are wondering about this, but getting hired, you know, where where do you actually apply to get hired for a flight attendant job? Right, so this one is a little bit complicated because it's going to be different um, for the different uh, different airlines that you're going to apply for. Um, if you're, we'll, we'll break it down into regional, corporate, and uh, major slash legacy because it is different for those. Um, I will have to say to start off immediately, I don't know much about the corporate uh, world as far as flight attendant positions go how you apply for those. Um, so I, I won't be able to comment too much on that. Um, I work in the airline industry, so that's where my, my uh, expertise is. Um, but in my experience, um, your your regional airlines uh, are going to be a little bit easier to get into. And you're going to see job postings um, on their Facebook groups. Um, so let's just pick one, for example, um, XYZ Airline. Um, I'm not going to name any specific ones. Um, they'll have their own Facebook group and they'll say, hey, you know, we have this job fair coming up for flight attendants at these locations. And then you can go to one of those job fairs and inquire about it 
uh, give them your resume and, and they may, may even allow you to apply or even interview on site. So for for the regional airlines, you're going to have an opportunity, a little more opportunity to um, to get your resume in and, and actually speak with a person. So on their Facebook group or even on their website. So you'll go to xyzairline.com and uh, you know, go down. Usually, they'll have like a career page, and you can uh, do an application or submit your resume there. Uh, for major airlines, it's going to be very similar to that. Um, as far as the last part goes, where you're going to apply on their website, um, but they don't have really job fairs. And they don't have uh, Facebook posts that say, "Hey, we're we're hiring." It's really just word of mouth. And they'll post the job opening on their website. There will be no indication. They won't be advertising uh, because flight attendants talk a lot. And they know that when the job is posted, every single person that flight attendant knows will know within a day that that job opening is there. Um, So you submit your application online um, and you hope for a call. Um, They'll also have these, uh, these windows that they'll have the application open for. So, for example, they'll say, okay, f- you know, December uh, 10th through the 11th, our application window will be open. Submit your application, and then it'll close. And then we'll, you know, we'll go from there. So that's that's typically um, how you would apply for the you know flight attendant job. So I guess it would be good to know somebody on the inside mm-hmm. um, because. You know, they're going to tell you. I know we get emails at work and say, hey, you know, the flight attendant positions are opening and tell your friends. And uh, they really have done a great job of using social media, just like you were saying. You know, there's, they'll go out there and say, hey, you know, we have this opening. Post it on your, your Facebook page and tell your friends because that's really, I think it's important to have references personally mm-hmm. because, you know, then you know what it's like to work at that airline. So really, really neat stuff to as far as how to apply and where to apply, that type of thing. Uh, the other thing you mentioned uh, was as far as corporate jobs. Uh, applying online there there's a lot of different firms out there that even have those and I know uh, that we've had people like Mary Lou Gallagher from beyond and above who has that, that school over in Fort, Fort Lauderdale and uh, some people with execujet and also you know of course we had Betty in the sky with a suitcase she's just airlines but uh, those are those are ones that really are basically word-of-mouth corporate is just like in the world of flying airplanes as a pilot it's the same thing it's very much word-of-mouth um, so, but, but that's a really good start though. Looking out at all the different air, airline sites, pick an airline, that type of thing. And, uh, tell, ask your friends, you'd be surprised how many people are flight attendants and don't talk about it. And, uh, you know, you're at a party and fu- finally you say, Hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm a flight attendant. Oh, wow. You know, I, I've always wanted to be one. So, so drum it up, say to say to your friends, well, I want to do it that type of thing. So, um, anyway, um, also, as far as the job's concerned, we talked about how to find these things, job fairs and things like that. Um, how about the job itself? Um, you know, as far as um, is it is it tough to, to get out there and, and get your resume into that position? Like, for instance, on the, on the pilot side, I can hand in my resume to an individual and they can walk it into, say, the chief pilot's office. I'm assuming there's a similar type of thing that can be done with, your, with the flight attendants. You know, I actually don't think that exists as, as far as my experience goes uh, specifically with my airline there there is no place to bring your resume it's it's they have a, a window and an online application and that's it um and they actually you can put in um 
you know, re- letters of recommendation from current employees of that company. Um, you can add those on, but um, it, it really at this point, I, I think a lot of this has become um, sort of legal. We we can't really give precedence to people who know people anymore. So a lot of it's going to just electronic and. Here's a window. Apply it, you know, during this time, and and that's it. So there, you know, maybe you might see that at, at other airlines, um, but I know specifically at my airline that doesn't happen. Interesting, and you're right. That is a trend that they're going away from. That uh, I don't know if I can explain it. Uh, I'll try to find out why uh, from somebody in the HR department. But you're right. People are going a little bit away from that. But with that said. Uh, if you do bring a resume into the office and they're like, hmm, you know, maybe we'll take a look at this person. You know, they, I, I know it does happen, uh, that it does percolate to the top. Um, also, when someone's trying to decide about this job, I know I hear this all the time. It's like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I don't know if this is, if this is my, a job that I can do, you know, and if it's the right job for them. You know, what, and Dan, in your experience, what type of person should become a flight attendant? Well, it's a great question because it, the thing is, is that if, if you are the right type of person for the job, and I'll, I'll cover what that, that is in a second, the job itself is just ridiculously easy. It, it is so easy, and you get paid way more than you really you really should for doing the work you do. But um, it, it, the pay is great, and we'll cover that uh, uh, later. But what it takes to be a flight attendant is – there, I, there's three categories: customer service. You, ha, you have to provide great customer service. Um, you have to be patient. That's the toughest one, and you have to have a, a sense of leadership. And I'll, I'll kind of go into why on each one of those real quick. Obviously, customer service that makes a lot of sense. That's what you're doing. You're literally serving the customers. You're you're the face of the company, and um, so the type of person that the airlines are looking for is a friendly happy, I want to go to work and do a great job type of person. Uh, we don't want grumpy people. We don't want people who who are, are you know not happy to help other people. Um, we want people who are, are, are happy to give th- themselves to other people, do their job, and um, provide great service uh, to the customers. Um, the patience is important because people are traveling – and it's it's not easy. Airline travel is stressful from before you even leave for the airport. So we, we know that when that person walks onto the plane, they've been through hell to get on that plane. They've had to drive. <laughs> they've had to pay for parking. They've had to been you know assaulted through TSA. They, they've got to lug these bags and their children along. Uh, they're rushing because they you know they want to make sure they're there on time. So when they walk through that door on the airplane, they have already had a bad day. You can pretty much guarantee that so the flight attendant's job is to make the portion of their travel on the aircraft as good as it can be so your patience is very uh, that's very important to have patience and then leadership you may not think flight attendants as leaders you know you might think oh the pilot's the leader and that's definitely true you know your your last word on an aircraft is going to be your captain but once that door is closed your flight attendants are leading the entire flight um, in the cabin. And if there is an emergency, and we'll talk about this because we talk about what the job is really about. Um, if there's an emergency, you've got these flight attendants to lead that emergency, whether it's an evacuation or you have a medical issue. 
um, those flight attendants, they take charge of that and, and they handle those situations. So you've got to be able to know what you're doing and, and do it well. So that's the type of, that's the type of person that the, the airlines are looking for. You know, if you can provide good customer service, you can have good patience and, you know, we call it like a servant's heart. You know, you, you want to serve people and make people happy and then, you know, be a leader. If you qualify for that, man, and you, you get a job as a flight attendant, you're going to be very happy. And my two cents as far as a customer service is concerned, uh, one of the things, now this is me looking from the other side of the door, one of the things I think that's important with customer service is also communication. And I don't mean just being able to speak in certain languages. I mean, we have all different types of speakers because we have different uh, languages out there. It's how to truly communicate. And by that, I mean your gestures, the way you, your face is, how you, if you smile, if you look directly at them. Uh, you can communicate with a, a little child that way. You know, and, or somebody that doesn't even know your language. You can you know, wave goodbye, etc. And I found that the really good flight attendants know how to communicate very well and give that that customer service like you said and and they have incredible leadership skills because then we don't have to hear from them uh so all of what you said i think is really spot on uh the patience part god bless you man because i don't know that that's got to be one of the the tougher jobs out there i worked as a, a reservation agent for a little while when i was on furlough as a pilot and uh, it does try your patience sometimes uh, dealing with certain situations, you know, because you are you're there. You can't go away. You know, there's there's no getting away from you're in that tube and you're locked up with these people. So uh, you have to deal with the situation, have patience to, to persevere through that. So that was an awesome description, by the way. And I, I, I really if you didn't hear it you know, rewind and listen to, is this for me? Listen to that over and over. Cause Dan, that was, that was an awesome discussion on if this job is right for you. So now, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I have one comment about the patience thing. Cause you said you're stuck in a tube with people and that might kind of scare people a little bit like, Oh no, you know, that uh, this scares me. I'm not sure I want to do this job. Let, let me explain something to you. When, when you're a customer service agent or you're, you're, the ops agent, you might not know what those terms mean, but you know the person that's at the gate or the person that takes your ticket, they're in the airport. If there's a problem, the customers are going to yell at them, they're going to scream at them, they're going to be rude, and there's nothing that person can do about it. But once that person crosses the threshold onto the aircraft, they become, it's like federal territory. Anything they do, it's a federal offense, right? And they know that if they mess with a flight attendant or a pilot, they're in for it. They know that if they mess with, <laughs> if they're rude to us or they they do something wrong before we've we've left, they're off the plane and they're not going. So, <laughs> and they know that if they do something in the air, they're going to jail. So once they cross that threshold, they sort of calm down because they know that we're in charge there, and it's like it's my way or the highway type of thing. So you know you have a lot of power if you will, if you want to look at it that way as a flight attendant and, and people tend to just do what you say so that, you know, don't, don't be concerned that people are going to be rude to you and it's going to be difficult because it's, you know, it's like being a parent. Your, your, your child is, they're going to do what you say eventually. Uh, that's a good explanation. I, 
like I said, I think hats off to all the flight attendants and what they do because and what you guys do because it really is. First of all, you you truly are the front lines of the airline. You are the ambassador for whatever airline you work for, and the customer service is the most important thing because you're with them for the majority of the time that they experience the airline. And think about that. I'm not. I'm up front. You know, they get to see me ever so often. They think about the landing, the takeoff. That's about it. Whether I went around storms, you're there constantly being the person that's representing the airline. And I think that's incredibly important, which also comes with some responsibility. I don't know if you're going to get into this later, but you also, because of that, you represent the airline even outside of work. So you have to be very careful, you know, what you do uh, when you say that you work for a certain XYZ airline, that type of thing. Uh, So you have to, you have to comply with a lot of the rules uh, as far as social media and that type of thing, especially, you know, look at us, we're podcasters. We have to be very careful what we do and what we say uh, outside of work. You know, it's just the way it is. Um, But uh, anyway, uh, now that we talked a little bit about if the job is right for you, um, let's get into the job itself. You start off with this job now, and we, we as pilots go to training, flight attendants go to training. So tell us a little bit about training. You know, how long is it and, and what do you actually do? Yeah, so you, you really, I think a lot of people have a misconception about what this job is about. Um, yeah, there's the obvious. Yes, we, we handle the, you know, your bags and getting you on the plane and all that kind of stuff. We, and the people call us what? peanut and coke slingers right and that's kind of what they they say that we do and and that definitely is a large portion of our job that's what you see us doing but what you don't see is all the training that has taken place for um situations that typically don't happen okay so um any sort of emergency that happens on the aircraft, we're trained to handle that. Whether it's an a, you know a, an issue with the aircraft where you're going to need to make a an emergency landing, um, or if you have a medical, so someone who who gets ill on the aircraft, or any sort of security issue. Okay, those are things that the flight attendants are trained to handle. Okay, so we don't we don't just go to class to learn how to serve drinks. Um, the the majority of our training is is to learn about the aircraft and learn about how to handle these situations that, you know, hopefully we never have to see. So that's really what the, what the training is, is about. So it's, it's on average, uh, about four weeks and, and this, this changes. It, um, when I went through, it was five weeks, um, a little bit later it was down to three weeks and now it's back up to four. So it kind of moves around. Um, so I think on average uh, uh, across the board between all airlines, you're going to look at about a month worth of training. And that training is going to, it's going to go kind of like this. You're going to wake up early in the morning. You're going to go to a training facility and you're going to sit in a classroom and you're going to have a large, um, just group session learning a topic. And then you'll do hands-on training, your exams. You'll have uh, typically every week you'll be, um, tested on what you've learned and those are typically typically electronic you know multiple choice type exams and then at the end of training uh, you'll have practical exams where you kind of go through everything and um, just perform it's kind of like a check ride if you will for the pilots out there it's everything that you learned you've got to go through and, and perform it um, so I mean you're going to be learning about the aircraft uh, so you kind of you need to know understand what what the aircraft is and and the different components of it. You're going to be learning about the exits um, and and all of your 
you know, what you're doing in the galleys and how all those are set up and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff that's, that's on there. And you're going to be learning about medical situations. This was, I, to be honest, Carl, this was the hardest part for me. I don't have any medical background. So we had to go in and learn the symptoms of a heart attack, um, how to handle someone who's diabetic and, and someone who's going and, you know, having a seizure, um, just all these different symptoms. Uh, you, you know, we learn about hypoxia like you do as a pilot. I, I struggled with that, honestly, in training because I had I had zero training of that in the past. I've never seen someone have a seizure before. Um, I, I've never broken a bone. You know, I, I've had a couple stitches in my life, but I don't know anything about medical situations. So that, that one really rocked me. And, you know, we talk about people having heart attacks and having to do CPR. I mean, you go through and you learn how to do CPR. You get certified. Um but you know you're using the the AED and and doing chest compressions and it's really real. This really happens and it's scary and you know it kind of put a, a, a realism to it. Um, that was difficult. But then you're also going to learn about um, evacuations and and how to get everyone off the aircraft. I don't know if if everyone out there knows. I know, I know you do, Carl. But there's there's a requirement that every aircraft during an emergency evacuation. It needs to be evacuated fully, completely, all people off in 90 seconds. And that's every aircraft. So uh, at least in the airline industry, that's no matter what the size of the aircraft, that's the requirement. So, you know, those planes are rated and they're designed that way. And you have to learn how to do that. And that's, that's one of the harder parts of it. There's a, there's a checklist that you have to memorize and um, you've got to be able to perform that evacuation correctly and get signed off on it before you can finish training. It, there's a lot to it than than just serving drinks. So one of the things that I, I hope people that are listening won't be afraid to try this out if they don't have any background in 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 any type of life-saving because, Dan, when you went to training, you were taught these skills. Now, have you ever had to use them, and do you feel like you're prepared? <clears throat> Sure, I've used some of them. Uh, um, luckily, and this is this is really good. I've never had to really use the uh, security training that I've done because you learn everything, all of the secret things about um, flying um, regarding security. I mean, I can't really say much about it, but um, you learn all of those secret things. And, and luckily, I haven't had to deal with anything like um, someone trying to take over an over an airplane, although it does happen. Um, but I have had to deal with medicals. Uh, I have not had to do an evacuation, luckily. Um, no emergency landings in, in my six years so far. But medicals are common, um, unfortunately. I mean, you, you put a 150, 200-something uh, people in an aircraft, you're eventually going to have someone who reacts um, uh, you know, to the, to the travel because it's stressful. So, um, man, when I was new... There, we had a short flight going to from Vegas to Orange County, and right after takeoff, we had someone um, have a seizure, and um, I kind of froze for a second because it really kind of rocked me to see someone have a seizure. Again, like I said, I've never seen it, so seeing it for the first time on an aircraft and knowing that I had to react to it, um, it was a little shocking, but. Actually, to be honest, <laughs> seizures are the easiest ones to deal with because <laughs> there's not a lot going on with that. You just kind of let it happen. But um, I will say that after you get your first one out of the way, it's um, it's a lot easier. You kind of understand the process. 
and you're more confident with yourself, you know, and, and that was definitely the case for me. Um, I've, I've had many more medicals, um, throughout my career, people passing out, um, people get sick all the time. Um, and luckily they, they've all turned out great. And my, my training has just kicked in and you just do what you're, you know, you just, it's like in your brain and it just comes out and you do it. Um, so I definitely have felt prepared for that. And that's what, I think that's really important to realize is that a lot of your training, even the recurrent training, is is all about this, the safety and the security. Going back to what you said about uh, some of the derogatory things that people say about flight attendants, you know, we always hear that the flight attendants are a Coke machine with a smile. And uh, it's, you know, when was the last time a Coke machine saved your life? <laughs> and uh, and just remember this also, and this is something that I, you touched on. It's really important because we can't talk about this, but I wish we could we could really stress this because we spend hours and hours not just about helping people that are sick, but safety, security is really important. Security is important, and I just went through some of my recurrent training, and I'll say this about the only thing I can really say about it is that flight attendants have hats off to the flight attendants because they have prevented a lot of things from happening and uh, have prevented uh, many different security breaches because you are the you're the last line of defense you're around people all the time if something's happening you're the one that's going to intervene and uh, there have been a few instances where flight attendants have have jumped up and said hey listen you know i think there's something wrong here and they've uh, they've discovered it and said, okay, you're right. You know, great job, good job at uh, discovering that. Um, and you hope that'll never happen. But I just I love the fact when a flight attendant calls and says, listen, I don't think this is anything, but could you just have it checked out? And uh, it could be uh, as far as security, right? But also safety. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, you know, I'm glad you said something because yeah. That, that's a that's a big issue and and oh my gosh we you know we had to had cancel flight because of something that a flight attendant said uh, that wasn't noticed before and it's like whoa this is great good job hats off to you of course you don't ever want to cancel flight but I'm glad we did because it was much safer there um, so really I, I love to stress this is the fact that we go through so much safety and security training. Uh, as pilots, and we do it with the flight attendants. I'm not sure about your airline, but we do co-mingle on certain things and discuss things. And uh, one of the things that's really important, like you said, is with the experience. How do you communicate what's going on to the people in the in the flight deck while you're sitting there trying to save this person's life or deal with a security threat or apprehending somebody who's trying to break in the cockpit? It It is a challenge, isn't it? Yes, absolutely, and it, it gets more difficult because there, there are people out there who are constantly testing how we react to things, and um, they're just seeing how how does you know how does this airline do their service? How do they react to this situation? So they're they're constantly looking for ways to uh, get around us, and and th- their ultimate goal is is still you know to take over the aircraft um so yeah we have to be vigilant and I, I let me let me tell you uh folks when when you're getting on an aircraft that flight attendant that you see first thing in the doorway um they're not just standing there saying hi although you know i say hi a thousand times and goodbye a, a thousand times <laughs> on a trip <laughs> it, but i'm not just saying hi to you i am i'm i'm looking at you i'm looking to see if you're sick if you're okay 
because I, you know, I don't want you to to have a medical issue on the aircraft, so I'm looking out for you. But I'm also looking to see if you're acting normal, and to see if there's something weird going on. Um, you know, or do you not give me eye contact? Are you are you sweaty and kind of nervous? Like, <laughs> you know, this is for real. This is what we do. And, and not only that, I mean, gosh, I, I don't want to bring this down, but you know, we're we're also looking out for 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 children that shouldn't be on the aircraft with the people they're with. So, you know, that kind of stuff is real. Uh, you know, we're talking about child abduction and stuff. And, and so we have to be vigilant for all these types of things. So we're not just sitting there smiling and, and being friendly. We're, we're also looking out for everyone, too. I'm telling you, there's people listening right now. I had no idea uh, about all these scenarios that we deal with on a daily basis. And uh, the cool thing about a flight attendant, we talk about pay. We're going to go into that in, in another episode. But one of the things that people think is that they, they get paid so much for what they do. Well, I think they deserve it. It's so hard to replace a good flight attendant. Uh, and I know you think it's easy, but there's a lot of people out there that that don't think it's easy. I I would have a tough time doing that job. And believe me, a lot of the folks I fly with as pilots, there's no way I want them being a flight attendant because <laughs> their personality types don't lend themselves to being good customer service representatives in the back. And and the way in which they react to people, it's best that they just stay in the flight deck. And uh, it and and you know, hats off to to those folks that can go back there and talk to people and all, and that's great. Uh, and I hope I don't make any, I'm not going to get any hate mail, I hope, from my pilot friends <laughs> out there. <laughs> but, you know, there there are, and, and you all know who I'm talking about, if you're a pilot and you fly, fly for the airlines, that there are some people you just don't want interacting back there. The other thing that this flight attendant does is, like I said, you being the ambassador for your airline, the way that you, your stance, the way you look is incredibly important, and how you dress means so much to that to that passenger and uh, we do some experiments and I, you know I, some people have seen me in real life I look up like everybody's and I'm I'm, I'm owning it now but I look like <laughs> people's grandfather a lot of times uh-huh. and I'm sitting there in front of the, uh-huh. the airplane and people look at me and they and I hear it every single day oh I'm glad to see somebody with gray hair and <laughs> and I'm getting this little babies are getting on and they're like oh poppy poppy and it, <laughs> it, it's 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 cute yes and and I had a, a big issue with it for many years but I like it now and it, it comforts people and that's why I like doing it so I actually will stand there in my uniform dress properly and greet people because it does calm them down just the way I look in my demeanor, um, although I don't look at myself as an old man when I, but in the mirror I am. But that's just the way life is. Uh, but it it also this this is what happens when you put your uniform on, and the way you dress is so important. Um, and I think they they go over that in flight attendant school. I'm sure as far as how to properly dress and how to address people, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it's actually uh, drilled into you constantly throughout the year. We'll get. Um, emails regarding it, um, you'll get it in recurrent training. Yep, absolutely. There, there's, there's a whole handbook <laughs> regarding uh, personal grooming and um, and appearance standards. Uh, so it's yeah, a completely separate book for how uh, we're supposed to look and act. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, but that's another neat thing. I just love I love the fact that we put so much into that. I mean, there. Are, and don't get me wrong, there's people of all different sizes and shapes and colors as flight attendants, uh, but it's, it's, 
it's so important that you use what you have to, to be able to present yourself in a, a very professional manner. That's what we're talking about, is being a professional and, and having just looking sharp and, and, and presenting that airline in a positive light is what we're talking about here. Uh, I know there's this mystique, and there's still people that think this, Dan, and we didn't bring this up, but I think it's important. Dan, there's people of all different sizes and shapes. Everybody thinks you have to be this skinny, you know, GQ model, you know, right out of, you know, be Mr. Universe or Miss America, whatever. But that, that's not true, is it, Dan? Not anymore. No. Well, oh, man, it has changed dramatically throughout right. the time. Uh, back when, uh, you know, uh, when my company first started uh, about uh, 46 years ago, um, they weighed people. You had to weigh in. It was kind of like the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader thing. You know, if you if you didn't weigh a certain um, uh, weight based on your height, uh, you you wouldn't get hired. And if you you were already hired and you didn't qualify with the weight anymore, you would be put on leave until you did. I mean, it was it was completely different back then. Now, really, the only requirement is that you fit in the jump seat, um, that, that you're able to put the seat belt on. Okay. So that people can sit next to you. Um, and that's, there, that's, there's a security issue with that. You'd be able to, to get out the exit and stuff like that. So, um, you don't have to be skinny. You don't have to be, and I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, I, I'm the, the definition of dad bod. That's for sure. <laughs> but, um, you don't have to be this model type person anymore. You don't have to be tall. You don't have to be short. My father-in-law is a flight attendant. He's he's six foot three. Okay, he has his challenges, but he also has some great benefits for being tall too. Um, so you just got to be able to do your job and and fit in the jump seat. That's really the only requirement anymore. So I guess there's one other question I hear a lot uh, as far as requirements are concerned, and then we can climb, close out as far as job duties. I One of the concerns I hear from people is your height as far as being too short. Is um, is that a limitation? What I guess I hear that you have to be able to, to reach into the overhead bin, and I'm not so sure uh, what their requirements are. I, there isn't, as far as I know, a, a number associated with that. It's not like, okay, you have to be five feet or taller. I think it just comes down to you have to be able to do your job. Right. So obviously, there's going to be people that are too short. And I don't know what that number is going to be, but they're just not going to have the capabilities of reaching certain things. Um, you know, some of our equipment is is higher up in the galleys, and obviously we want everyone to be able to reach that. Um, so, there, yeah, there is definitely going to be a, a limit to that, but I, I don't know how they determine that. I, I, they must, during the interview, um, make that decision. Um, but we have people that I've worked with that are very short, and they, they've they're very, they're very smart people. I, I know a woman who uses a back scratcher to uh, be able to reach some things that go like like a soda may have fallen towards the back of a bin. She'll pull out her back scratcher and reach it because she just doesn't have the the two inches she needed. So um, that's about it for that. <laughs> so one of the things that I've noticed is, like you said, usually they have you demonstrate whether you can do something instead of having a strict mm -hmm. number, just like you said with the seatbelt yep. in the jump seat. So uh, I've noticed they kind of gone to that a little bit more at most airlines that I've seen. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's okay. If you can do the job, you can do the job. That's the most important thing. Uh, but great. there are physical limitations, obviously. There's, uh, but there are people that have certain challenges, but still can be a flight attendant because they can do all the things physically that a flight mm -hmm. attendant can do. 
Uh, so I've seen people that walk with a little bit of a limp, but they're able to do all those things that a flight attendant can do, and they're fine. Uh, so the, the point I'm trying to get to here is that no matter what you look like, your body size, your color, uh, whether you have certain physical limitations, don't let that hold you back from applying. Go ahead and apply because you may be surprised that you can actually apply to that airline and get hired, uh, even though you may have this, this slight challenge, uh, that type of thing. Um, as far as what flight attendants do, we talked a little bit about that. Uh, what other things, security, we talked about safety, uh, serving drinks and that type of thing. Um, what other things can you think of that uh, flight attendant does, or, or do we cover all of them? Well, the, as far as what we're required to do, that's that's kind of what our requirements are. But that doesn't, our job doesn't stop there. Um, it shouldn't, at least. Um, there are some people who, who believe that, you know, they do what, they're told to do and that's it. That's not what being a flight attendant is about. Our job is customer service. Number one is, is safety of our passengers. And then number two is making sure they're happy and comfortable. And that's the customer service aspect of it. So yeah, you can, you can say hi to them. You can make sure they have their seatbelts on and you can serve them their drinks and say goodbye to them. But there's a lot more to this job. You, you can help people find the gate that they're going to for their next flight. You can, um, any, anything that you're able to do to help their experience, um, be better, uh, then you do that. Uh, so if, if that's helping them, um, uh, you know, into a wheelchair or, you know, like uh, a lot of people travel with kids and they have lots of stuff, I'll help carry some of their stuff, uh, you know, so they don't have to. Um, it's just going above and beyond. That's that's kind of what we do as far as being a flight attendant about. And that's why you're a good flight attendant is because you do that. <laughs> and everybody that does that is is a good flight attendant. That's by definition, I feel, what, what you're supposed to do is go above and beyond. And uh, really, really important. Uh, no matter what you do in life in general, you should do that. Dan, this has been awesome. I know we, we're scheduled to have you back on the podcast to talk about more about being a flight attendant. Uh, but before we close out, is there any last advice for people that are that are thinking about this and uh, you know getting higher training and, and being a flight attendant? I think uh, you've made this point a couple of times, and I, I want to um, reiterate it as well. Um, it doesn't matter who you are, um, color, size, everything that we talked about. None of that matters. It, it's just if you, if you um, if you're a good person and you want to serve people then flight attendant is a really great job. There's wonderful benefits, and we'll talk about that in the ne next episode um, about being a flight attendant. There's some amazing benefits. We talk about pay and travel and stuff like that. It's an absolutely wonderful job. It's rewarding, and um, again, I think it's fairly easy, and um, you're going to meet some amazing people. So it, if, if that's interesting to you, I definitely suggest checking it out. Well, Dan, thanks again for being here. We can't wait to have you back on uh, in the next episode. And if you're listening right now and you're thinking about the possibility of becoming a flight attendant, you always can write us feedback at Aviation Curse Podcast. I'll send it to Dan. Also, look back at some of the past episodes. Click on Flight Attendant and the categories on the side. Also, you can type in the search, Flight Attendant. One of the things I'd like to challenge you to do if you're a pilot right now listening is to actually think about what a flight attendant does and how that affects your career and your job. A lot of times we don't think about that and all the other people that are involved in this whole orchestra of people that get this airline and off the ground to their destinations and the customer's happy, satisfied, and safe and secure. And that's really, really important. 
And again, if, if you're looking at anything in your career, make sure that if you are just sitting here listening to this, you don't, don't just sit here passively. Make sure you do something. Do something today. Do something now that'll help you move forward in your career, in your life. Or if you're interested in a job, you don't know much about it, you have a friend that's interested in that job as a flight attendant, you're a pilot listening now, whatever, help them out. Give them this episode to listen to. Find books, you know, find out information about being a flight attendant and pass it along. Well, folks, we'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.